just it's just for the band. We're just gonna get to know each other a little bit more, stuff like that. Right. No, I'm super excited about this. This is gonna be really fun. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks. It was it was basically your idea anyway. So <laughs> that's important, so that if anybody doesn't like it, it's not my fault. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Or if they don't want to do it, you can just be like, Diana said. Yeah, Diana <laughs> said you it. have to do it. Sorry, it's not me, you know. She's twisting my arm, so. <laughs> no, this is this is a good venue to do it. I like it, doing a podcast series. Well, great. Well, so you, I heard you mention uh, on the Waspaba, or rather, I guess that was the branch AGM, uh-huh. um, that your, you know, you, you run the Payson High School Pipe Band, of course, and... Uh, that your teenagers don't care about Corona, so they've been inviting you to go practice. <laughs> yes. So I, how, have, how's that been? Have you been able to play your pipes with them like pretty much nonstop through this, or did you have a few months where you you, you weren't really playing much? Or um, I actually didn't go to a couple of practices because we went camping. Oh yeah. And so they still held practices. I just had um, Leanne go over there mm. and be the supervisor for practice. So, but they were like, yeah, we want to do practice. And I was like, oh, you do? Okay, I guess we'll do that. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, you don't want a break? <laughs> I want a break. Well, um, good But for no, them. they were like, no, we want to we wanna keep going. And so we did. And it ended up being good. They can now um, march into a circle with their competition medley. So they're moving right along. So are you going to keep the same medley for next competition season? So they're just like super duper prepared? Yeah, um, they haven't been able to compete with it yet, so it'll still be a new experience even if we keep the same medley. That's awesome. Yeah, I think we'll just do the two competitions. We'll do the QMM and the MSM. So we'll we'll add a medley, too. Oh, great. Well, that's awesome. Otherwise, you might not have been able to, huh? Right, yep. Well, that's great. I've wondered if that would be, you know, if we would see a, like an increase in performance quality across the board, you know, if everybody basically gets, you know, all not, not necessarily two years to get ready because, you know, with the coronavirus, it's like one of the years is maybe more like a half year, you know, but a year, a year and a half to get ready. It's more than you usually would get. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I think it's just a matter of how you change your thinking and how you can use it to your advantage. Mm hmm for the situation so yeah i can imagine that uh for some people practice of course has gone down partly because you don't have the sort of the motivation of like there's a practice you know there's a band practice coming up so i've got to practice at home or okay as sean would put it i I should use the correct parlance here uh there's a rehearsal coming up and so i've got to practice at home right right so for some of us our practice drops off because we're no longer preparing for a rehearsal but for some right. of us, we might be like, oh, this is my chance to, you know, move up a grade or something, you know, and we can really dig in more time at home. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what my students were like. Yeah, this is fun. We don't care if we have to stand six feet apart outside, then we at least still get to see each other. So mm. they they come up to the high school and we practice outside and they bring water bottles and stuff so that we don't have to go inside the school as much. Mm-hmm. Um but they they all come prepared and they've all worked really hard. So that's awesome. Now, Diana, you you are one of the more more gigging pipers. Uh, do you, have you played a lot of gigs during the coronavirus stuff? Um, I actually haven't. No, um, 
I was reflecting on that earlier, actually, because I was like, oh, it's been a while since I since I've even done like a funeral or anything mm-hmm. like that. And I actually haven't had that many gigs through all of this. Yeah, I guess aside from I mean, funerals might be about the only thing you'd expect to, not not to be macabre or anything, but funerals might be about the only thing you expect to kind of keep going as far as bagpipe gigs go, you know, like graduation ceremonies, uh, right. cor- corporate parties, even weddings, stuff like that. You kind of would expect they probably are cutting back on how many people would be there. And if they're doing a small scale thing, why hire a piper? Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of surprised. Mm. So Diana, you run the high school pipe band. You also were in the high school pipe band. Um, with that kind of, I don't know, sort of both sides perspective, I'm curious if you have any like awesome insights. Uh, I shouldn't say awesome. I don't want to pre-qualify so that you feel pressure <laughs> or anything like that. I was like, oh dear. Yeah. It just <laughs> have you noticed anything? Is there anything that like thoughts that occur to your mind going both ways? Like things that you think, wow, if if we as um, like, like grownups, as instructors, stuff like that, if we could understand this, we would relate better to people who are learning how to play, especially kids learning how to play. And maybe also the other way around. I wish I would have understood this when I was a teenager. You know, I would have played better or I also would have made it so my instructor would have been happier. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. One that I was thinking about the other day is how long it takes people to get up on pipes. Mm-hmm. And um, or to get where they're going, because a lot of times the younger kids especially like, oh, I want to be playing itchy fingers and all of these really fast, fun tunes um, before they actually get the basics down. Mm. And so I really push to be like, get the basics down and then you'll have time to do this. And you'll also see like, oh, I want to be in a grade one band by the time I'm like 18, you know, or whatever their goal is. Yeah. But they just like as a young player, they don't realize how much time they really have to invest in themselves and they're playing and then it's not a race to the oh sure line. yeah like, there's not a finish line even the players that are in grade one like they still continue to find ways to um keep playing and do better so having a finish line is kind of a misperception of bagpiping i feel like and so that also plays into adult players because they're like well I'm an adult, so I'm not going to be able to learn very fast. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do that. And, um, but there's not, there's not a finish line. It's not, oh, once you're competing, then you're done. Or once you're in grade one, then you're done. There's, there's really not a finish line. It's, it's definitely about the, the journey and enjoyment of playing the instrument Mm. and going wherever it takes you or wherever you want it to go. That seems really wise. I I like the way you finish that up it's about the journey it's about enjoying it's maybe you could say it's a it's about loving the process right yeah yeah so the the hard part about that one that i have is it's loving the every single practice time right like there's sometimes when practicing just doesn't go well and you're like oh my gosh i do not want to repeat this tomorrow (laughs) so (laughs) so there's definitely going to be not fun times but um but getting your pipes out and playing them to practice, it should be enjoyable. Like, don't just do your competition stuff. Get out some fun things to do. 
Mm. It's it's definitely about the journey, not the not the end goal. If you only do your competition stuff and you're not loving it, and it's always hard, it's not going to be fun. So definitely always have something fun to do in your journey. Yeah, that balance between fun and work, right? Right. Yep. That you know, I had kind of a kind of a mortality moment the other day. Um, I don't know if you'll be able to relate to it, Diana, since we're about the same age. We 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 played together as kids and everything. But uh, I you know I have a list of songs I'd like to learn. You know that's just been growing my entire uh-huh. life. Oh yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Even Itchy Fingers is on that song. Yeah, everybody does, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I so it was. Now, this is a couple weeks back, but it had been exactly a year, I realized, because of a photo that came up on my in my phone. You know, Google Photos had a little memory thing that popped up. Uh-huh. Since I had picked this Fred Morrison tune uh, and said, that's it, I'm going to learn this song. You know, like, I just really want to learn this song. He has a, a Highland Pipe version of his song, uh, Kansas City Hornpipe. Uh-huh. And, and I was like, this has been on my list for so long, I'm just going to learn it. And I, I still don't, of course, I don't play it as well as Fred Morrison. But it was almost exactly a year after deciding I was going to work hard on it that I finally was like, I feel comfortable playing this, you know, that I felt like I'd got (laughs) it down. And I was like, okay, you know, that was longer than I would have liked it to take. But it doesn't it feel great to be able to play this song, you know? Right. And so then I thought, all right, I'll adjust my expectations. If I pick a song, I'm going to give myself a whole year. That way I don't, you know, every couple of weeks get down on myself for not having learned it yet, you know? And then I looked at my list and I did the math and I was like, hmm, I'm going to have to make some decisions because at that rate, I will not learn all of these songs. I will, I will <laughs> not, I'm not going to outlist, outlast my list. <laughs> well, come on, you can be, you know, standing by your walker and playing your bag. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll still let you come and play. And Oh, thank you. Because I know that you will still be in full, like perfect form and I will be <laughs> crippled, but but the the and and I appreciate that encouragement and I think you're right you know you you got to stay positive and think like you know in retirement I'll have more time and all kinds of stuff like that but you know it was okay for me because it was a moment when I had to think like I'm not racing to the end of this list right I'm just right, yeah. I'm I'm loving the process and that yeah. even though it took a whole year to learn that song it was a it was a beautiful process it was a lot of fun so it's okay it's okay to enjoy it however it comes and however I can do it yeah I, yeah, that's, I don't know if you remember one time at the Salt Lake Scottish Festival, there was a band that came out of state. And as they were like marching over to the competition field, they had a player that had a cane, I think. It was like a walker. A oh, cane yeah, something. I do remember that. Yeah. And they like were going over and were like, how is that going to work? Like one hand is on the cane. Yeah. And so they get to the the lineup, like they didn't play up to the lineup. They just marched to taps. And... Once they get all set, then the guy threw his cane onto the grass <laughs> and played his pipes into the circle, uh, so competed, cool. and then came when they were coming off of the circle, they stopped playing as soon as their tune was over, and there was someone there with his cane and handed it back to him. And I was like, <laughs> that is my hero. I really wish I had gone up and been like, what is your name? I need to know everything about you. Yeah, such a boss um, move. Just throw your yeah, cane. It's it was awesome. just like... I want a cane just so I can throw it on the ground, go compete, <laughs> and then just relax for the rest of my oh, day. Yeah, that it is awesome. It was the best thing I'd ever seen. So that every time I'm like, oh, there's going to be a point where I don't play my bagpipes and I get down about it. And I'm like, 
no, I'm going to be playing my pipes in like the, <laughs> a rest home. like <laughs> Driving everybody else crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Just turn down your hurricanes. Diana's, right, yeah. Diana's blowing up her pipes again. <laughs> yeah. So every time that I, I get that feeling of like, oh, I'm going to be too old to do this, that I think about that and I'm like, no, it's definitely about the journey and just doing whatever you can do right now. Yeah. So what originally, like what, do you remember what got you into it? What sparked your interest? Um, my parents took me to the Pace and Scottish Festival, mm. actually. And um, my dad had gone on his mission to Scotland. So oh, I, I didn't had know known that. about like Scotland. I had known about kilts. I had known about all of that growing up. And we had friends that came over from Scotland, too, to visit us every few years. Mm. So I already knew a little bit about the culture and everything. But we went to a Pace and Scottish festival, and my parents actually stopped a high school kid um, carrying some pipes. And they were just like, can you just play a song for our kids? And this high school kid was like, oh, yeah, sure. And I have no idea what he played. And I have no idea, like, how good he really was. But mm. it was enough to be like... Wow, if he can do it, I can do it. And mm -hmm. so I waited and waited until I got into junior high. And my first year, they didn't offer the chanter class. And then the next year, they did. And so mm. um, I took up that. I was like, Mom, they're doing the chanter class. I've got to get in here. And she was like, we really don't have money for you to learn another instrument because I had already done three instruments in band. <laughs> I was like, okay, if I can pay for this myself, can I take it? And she's like, sure. So I came up with the money and paid for my practice chanter and yeah, just stuck to it ever since then. That's, that's awesome. It's too bad that we can't know who that high school student was. If only, right, if yeah. only they could see how their, their evangelism, you know, reached out to... <laughs> Because like now you're running the the high school pipe band and you helped start another pipe band at Garden Valley, you know it's uh, uh -huh. and you've got yeah. you've had a lot of a lot of private students as well. That's uh, a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of proverbial ripples from that pebble dropped. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I tell my students when you go to a Scottish festival, just be nice to everyone, no matter how tired mm -hmm. you are, because you never know what your effect is going to be on the people who come. Yeah. That's great. Don't, now, I know you have, like, at least a couple of siblings. Are you the only one of your siblings who, who did pipes? Yeah, I am. So yeah. you, are, you are officially the favorite child for your entire life. <laughs> yeah, I like to think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. Perfect. That's actually, that's my situation as well. My parents bought their house in Payson partly because they wanted their kids to learn bagpipes. And there was the high school bagpipe band. And, mm -hmm. and I'm the only one, so I'll be the favorite forever. <laughs> uh, so what, you, you did learn some other instruments, um, but, and may, may it be, you know, other music, but also other things. What are, what are some of your hobbies or things that you enjoy outside of bagpiping? Um, I'm supposed to have hobbies outside of bagpiping? <laughs> That is a consistent reaction to that question, honestly. Uh, <laughs> You're not what alone. What do I do other than bagpiping? I mean, of course, uh, you got your geez. wonderful kids, so that, that takes up some time. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I really like to read. Oh, um, yeah, of course. I, I'm a huge reader. Um, I super like to read. I like to binge Netflix. Mm -hmm. um, and currently, my spare time is like house projects like fixing things up 
Yeah. Um, so like over the summer, we, um, went, we went camping a lot. That's another one. Um, I like to go camping and we got a pop-up trailer. And so we've been learning how to run that and maintain it and use it and tow it. I can back up a trailer now that hey. was actually on my list of things I wanted to learn. That's awesome. To Way to go. tow a trailer and back it up. So I have a, um, a bucket list that's pretty interesting, but that was on one of it. Cause I was like, I want to learn how to tow a trailer and back it up because I had never had the opportunity before. So this turned out to be a really fun summer. We got to go camping and I got to like do some of my bucket list items. So that was really cool. Yeah. Life skill gained. Way to go. Right. <laughs> yeah. So what do you have a, a genre or some authors that you especially love to read? Uh, mysteries. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, science fiction. And I really like historical fiction too. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, what about, what about binging stuff? Like what's, what's your, what's your show right now? What's your kind of your go-to thing that you're looking forward to watch tonight? Um, right now it's like police shows. Like mm -hmm. I like NCIS, Bones, um, Chicago PD. I like, uh, Blue Bloods. Um, those are my, my go-to right now. It's usually when I was in school, my, my absolute like favorite, Call Me Down, Relax is definitely Star Trek. Oh, I'm with you there. So what, yeah. but what's the true Star Trek? Is it the original, Next Generation, Voyager? What's sort of your favorite iteration? Um, my favorite, like classic, if I'm going to introduce someone to Star Trek, um, it's going to be Next Generation with Captain Picard. Oh, I, I am 110% in agreement with you. <laughs> Absolutely. So my... My personal favorite is Voyager because of Captain Janeway mm -hmm. being a female captain. So that one I just watched with my girls and even Viola, she's four now. And she's like, oh, it's Captain Janeway. Oh, and I'm like, awesome. my mission is done. You are going to be a fine human being if you know her name. <laughs> Great. Our, our, our good mutual friend, uh, Kevin, has recommended Voyager to me several times. And other than a few episodes, I haven't watched much of it. So I really should I really should dig into it. It's on Netflix now. Oh, it makes a lot more sense when you can watch it um, in a row, like following yeah. the storyline. Because I grew up watching it on like kjazz tv yes, or whatever me, the me channel well. was yeah yeah so i only saw like an <laughs> so, episode here or there it's like what are the ferengi up to now i don't understand right. what this is <laughs> yeah so you just kind of like tune in and then that's what you're gonna watch so i definitely like watching it on netflix that's a definite plus to be able to watch the story as it unfolds yeah so do you feel like like if if you've been like reading a lot of mysteries and watching a lot of police shows and then you like walk outside or like drive your kids to school is your brain in like detective mode are you like looking around for clues and stuff like that <laughs> um not so much anymore but as a teenager yes my yeah. my passion was to eventually become a detective so but i never like Put in the work for it. it was more of like a nancy drew detective where you're just a detective because you say so, so. yeah well, good enough nancy drew solved a lot of mysteries so that's that's right. perfectly adequate so i definitely love the the detective -y things it's pretty fun so when you when you practice your pipes diana who is it that gets to listen to you who gets to hear you um my family mostly i it's really funny because bagpipes are such a loud instrument 
but I don't like having people hear me when I practice mm-hmm. because I just want to focus on whatever I need to go through. And if I want to do the two measures 20 times, I want to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So I don't generally practice outside unless I'm like working on endurance and I'm just going to be running through tune after tune after tune. Um, then I'll practice outside. But if I'm like learning a tune or focusing on a certain aspect of a tune, then I like shut myself away in a closed room mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm going to work on this. It kind of helps with the distractions too. Cause then like if I play outside, I live by elderly people too. And there's a rest home two houses down from me. Mm-hmm. So if I play outside, there will always be people like I'm doing air quotes, like taking a walk suddenly <laughs> past my <Yeah>. house. <laughs> so I kind of feel like there's a little bit of a performance thing where I'm like, oh, they probably don't want to listen to the two measures 20 times. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Then the pressure's on. Down. You got to play them a good, you got to do Amazing Grace and stuff like that. You right. Gotta, yeah. I'm know. like, I guess I'll practice Amazing Grace again right yeah. now, you know, <laughs> like, so I don't really practice outside a whole lot. Um, so I, I generally prefer to practice in our study. Gotcha. So who would you say, uh, who do you think is like, you got to pick someone who's your biggest fan? Um, who's my biggest fan? Yeah. Who's your biggest fan? Yeah. Um, Oh, I don't know. It's because there are so many, right? It's hard I, to say I, who's yeah, the biggest. Yeah, like, I wish I could be like, my grandma <laughs> likes to hear me play, but... You, you've, uh, yeah, you've probably heard the joke before that a gentle, the definition of a gentleman is someone who knows how to play the bagpipes but chooses not to. <laughs> my my great-grandma said that to my dad once, and he always laughs about that, what she would think if she knew that there was now a piper yeah, in the family. Yeah. That's kind of how my grandma is too, where she likes the pipes, but at a distance, yeah, and yeah. a little bit at a time. But everyone else in my family is like, oh yeah, bring your bagpipes camping. I actually got that this summer. They're like, did you bring your bagpipes? Oh, awesome. our family campouts. I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, they were a little sad that I didn't bring my bagpipes. Yeah. So. so now Diana, have you learned some, do you know, do you know some drumming stuff, you know, in order to instruct your, your students? Yeah, um, I'm not a fantastic drummer, um, but I do know the basics. I can get a kid up on from like knowing nothing to starting a common march. And then I usually bring in an instructor or something to get the flow of the music. And is that the case for snare, tenor, and bass? Yeah, I'm better at tenor and bass. I can play along with the music for tenor and bass. Mm -hmm. Snare, I just can't play it fast enough to play with a piper. Gotcha. So as a, as a piper who also does know, you know, you've, you've dug into drumming more than most pipers have. Are there any insights you have there? What do you think that pipers should understand about drumming or that drummers should understand about piping? Um, oh, I definitely feel like pipers should know the parts of drumming. Once I, um, when I first started teaching the high school band and once I started getting into drumming music and looking at it and going, oh, here's your patterns in your music and this is what this section sounds like. Once I could really hear that, I became a much better piper because I could hear their phrasing a lot better once I knew what their music was doing. Because I couldn't automatically hear how they were phrasing things unless it was like 
really obvious that they were matching the pipers. Yeah, gotcha. So I definitely encourage, even at the high school, we listen to what the drums are doing and talk about their music, and we talk about patterns of music, um, like repeated phrases and what to listen for. Mm, that's a great idea. Do you have any um, pipers or or you know bagpipe related groups that you like especially love listening to? Um, my favorite groups. Um, I think my favorite people that I listen to is Gordon Duncan and Fred Morrison, mm-hmm. and some of my favorite groups are like Victoria Police Pipe Band. Um, uh, now I'm drawing a blank. I listen to them all the time, but now they just show up on my phone. I'll have to search for them. Is it an, um, a competition band? Uh, yeah. St. Lawrence O'Toole Pipe Band is one of my favorites. You know, I only just barely started listening to them, and they're great. I can't believe I haven't listened to them before. Yeah, they're fantastic. Um, there's one group that I just got introduced to called The High Kings. Um, I got sent a Spotify list. And I've actually really enjoyed them. I've only listened to them for like a week, but so far their stuff is really good. Are they the ones that sing? Yeah. They're yeah. like they're like the man version of Celtic woman, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've heard some of their stuff. Yeah. yeah. I love hearing those harmonies. Yeah. yeah. I really. Yeah. They have fantastic harmonies, and I like being able to hear. Sometimes I'll just listen to bagpipe music, and this has been a refreshing change to where. Mm. I'm hearing the words to the tunes that I play all the time. Oh, yeah. Doesn't that make a big difference for songs like Fields of Athenry or yeah. Minstrel Boy? Yeah, yeah I was going to say the Common Marches. Yeah. It's really helped my high school kids when they listen to the words of yeah. the tunes that they're trying to play. That's a great That's a great idea. Maybe we ought to all be doing that. Um, if, if money were no object, Diana, uh, what sort of and this could include like uniform parts uh instruments uh traveling for uh instruction you know maybe winter storm stuff like that if money were no object what's something you would like to have or do that is you know in the in the world of bagpiping and drumming oh uh that's easy on my um bucket list that i mentioned earlier um i've never visited worlds in person mm. That would be cool. Um, so yeah, so I want to go visit Scotland. I want to visit there anyway. So my plan is to go. I don't know if we have time to listen to my whole. Give us the list. plan. Lay it out. <laughs> but Lay it uh, out. <laughs> um, my plan is to go to Scotland in August. That's when it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go visit and do all of the world's things for the two weeks that they have all of their events and concerts and the competitions. And I'm definitely going to buy tickets so I can be right up front and center and listen to all the grade one bands. And then I'm going to spend like another couple of weeks like touring around. Yeah. And so I have I have a, a sub bucket list of things that I want to go see while I visit <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> Your sub bucket list. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you imagine you'd want to like just rent a car and do stuff on your own or do you want to like get a tour guide and, and like go with a group? Um, no, do stuff on my own because yeah. I, I want to like go to like Edinburgh City and like just go look at, you know, go find that hole in the wall bookshop, mm. go down the, the alleyway and go see what's in there and go just go explore the nooks and crannies of what makes it so unique over there. Yeah, that does sound awesome. Do you have any um, 
great uh, or terrible bagpiping jokes that you uh, that you want to share? Um... You know what? Not that you want to share. You have to share one. I'm not gonna. I'm not, I'm not gonna <laughs> let you censor in that way. <laughs> oh, uh, um, I think one of my favorite ones is. Um, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it's like, oh, my my neighbor came knocking at my door at 2 a.m., but that's okay. I was up practicing my bagpipes anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's one of my favorite ones. Oh, perfect. Well, so to, to kind of wrap things up, Diana, do you have either any advice for, for people who are playing pipes and drums, or do you have a pre-performance ritual, you know, sort of things that help you to get in the zone and get prepared? that you would be willing to share? Um, oh, I like the pre-performance ritual. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, and take your time. No rush. Let's see. What do I do before a performance? Well, I, I try and do like the basics, like even the athletes do. I make sure I eat really well the night before. I make sure that I'm hydrated. Um, and I, I like to set my stuff out the day before a performance. So I'll have, I'll go through all of my uniform pieces. I'll go through my pipes. I'll make sure I have all of my um, like extra hemp, extra tape, extra whatever that I have. I'll carry extra reeds and extra channer with me. So I go through everything the night before. So I'm not rushed the morning of. I like my morning of any performance to be really simple. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm going to work and I'm just doing a gig in the afternoon, I'll still do it. So that the day of is the least stressful that I could make it. So, and then the day of um, when I get ready, uh, it's funny, but it's so true. Like even for my high school students, I'm like, make sure you use the bathroom. I know you're not four, but make sure you use the bathroom before you get where you need to be. So true. <laughs> so, cause there's, it's, oh, I don't know how many times, but you get up to that starting line and then someone's like, um, I need to use the bathroom yeah. right now. And there's just no chance for it. So like, you just make sure you do your steps, make sure you eat, make sure you drink, make sure you use the bathroom, make sure like all of those simple things, like put a checklist in your phone or something, make sure you do them so that you are not distracted for competition or performance. Oh yeah. So that you can focus on where you need to be and what you're doing. Yeah. You don't want to show up to a funeral and have left like the chanter for your bagpipes back at home or something like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or Especially show when to... I'm playing on my own, I always want to make sure that I have extra things. So like when I do a funeral, I have an extra chanter and read set up so I can just plug and play. Mm -hmm. I have extra drone reads handy. I, I get a little paranoid because I, I just, I want to make sure that if I do have an emergency, it's a quick fix. Have you, have you ever had a, a you know, like a, 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 a an emergency or like a bad experience that kind of made you go, I'm never going to let this happen again. Or have you just been very wise and prepared from the beginning? No, I actually, when I first started doing funerals, um, one of my drone reads fell into my bag. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. It did not go well. And it was, I had a leather bag and so I couldn't get it out uh, without no taking apart my pipes yeah. and like shaking them upside down. And yeah, it was so bad. <laughs> Just... So now I carry an extra cork with me. So I'm like, Oh, I know what it feels like now to have a drone read fall in my bag. So that's such a good then... idea. We should, we should build like a, 
a, a performance checklist, you know, like here's your, here's your kit. Here's your list of things you should have. <laughs> there with you, you go. Yeah. Yeah. If your drone read falls in, pop in a cork and finish your performance, yeah. you know, like all of those things that you learn by, Oh, well that didn't go so good. Yeah. Now what do I do? <laughs> yeah. I've had, um, I was at another funeral. Uh, this was a few years later, but, um, I, everyone was starting to show up at the cemetery and I had been playing beautifully. It was sounding great. It was fantastic. And, um, I took out my chanter because I had stopped playing for a little bit. And so I needed to adjust it just a teeny bit and the chanter reed fell Mm. and broke. Oh no. And so now when I do a funeral, I have a whole other chanter set up. And it's, it's, sometimes it's my solo one. Sometimes it's just an extra one that I have. Yeah. And so now if that happens, um, I just, it, well, it ha- actually hasn't happened, but I imagine if, if it would happen it, again, if it does, yeah. I could just be like, well, that one's done. Here's the other chanter. Let's get it warmed up and ready to go. Gotcha. So, so Diana, let's say, so this is, this is how we'll put a button on this, on this interview here. Um, let's say you've got one of your high school students. And they uh-huh. go out to play their first funeral all by themselves. And something like that, something terrible happens. What do you say to that piper to encourage them, to keep them going? You know, what, what, I, I'm now that piper. I'm sitting here in front of you, like, so embarrassed, so sad. What do you tell me to make me feel better? Or maybe you don't make me feel better. What do you tell me? <laughs> um, that one, that one's a little hard to get. That one, you have to just get back up and do it again. Yeah. So depending on the circumstances, sometimes we'll go back and we'll say, okay, at the next gig, I'll come play it with you. Or um, we have them perform a solo in front of a different scenario, one that's like not a funeral. So there isn't such high emotions going on. Mm. So it's kind of a, a get back up on the horse kind of situation where if you just, just try it one more time and get back up and show yourself that you can do it, then you're going to be okay. Mm. Don't stop. Never quit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just try it one more time. That That's generally what I say. We're going to play the medley one more time. Nope. We didn't do it right. Let's do it again. <laughs> your, so your students get tired of hearing one more well, time. Let's try it again. <laughs> yeah. One more time. Yeah. Don't believe me when I say one more time. One more time means infinite. We're just going to do it again. Yeah. <laughs>